Hi, and welcome to Where the White Coats Come Off podcast. I'm Katie. I'm Beth. And we are pre-PA clinic, and we are here to help you get into PA school and then get through PA school. If you have a PA school interview coming up, you need to make sure you're so prepared to answer any question thrown your way. Whether it's MMI or traditional interview or a mix of both types of questions, are you ready to answer your interview questions in a way that highlights your strengths as a candidate and in a way that programs are looking for? You have worked so hard to land an interview, so make sure you are super prepared to have an outstanding interview. We created an interview question workbook bundle that has MMI questions, traditional questions, and everything in between so that you can go into your interview confident and in knowing exactly what may be thrown your way and how to answer each question. If you want to rock out your interview answers, get the bundle on our website, prepaclinic.com, or check out the link in the show notes. Now let's get to today's episode. We are so excited to welcome Taylor Thompson, Psych PA. So to get started, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I am a PA in psychiatry. Um, I'm also a wife, and I'm going to be a mom in February. Um, Congratulations! Thank you, thank you. We're expecting a little boy, so that'll be exciting. I've only been working for about a year and a half now. I graduated in um, December of 2019. And what are your thoughts on your first year out? I know it's 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 hard to transition from that going to school to professional world. So what are your kind of thoughts? I know I was scared to death my first year. So. Yeah, my first like six months in ER, I remember like waking up at 4 a.m. being like, oh my gosh, what about you know that patient? I should have just admitted them. So nobody tells you about those first six months. Yeah, no, it's there's definitely always a little bit of fear. Even still, I, every now and then there's somebody that I just like wake up thinking about and I'm like, oh my gosh, did I do the right thing? And especially mental health is such a subjective thing. You can't, there's nothing to measure really. So you, you just never know if you've solved the right puzzle or not. Um, or if you sent them home feeling better or worse or because it, it changes day to day in the land of mental health, unfortunately. But yeah, the first year was a little daunting, but luckily I have good mentors. So I, for the most part, was prepared. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, as you said, like, you know, there's no EKG to tell you if you're having depressive episode, and there's no, you know, x-ray that's going to say you have bipolar. It's, you know, there's some testing for screening stuff, but there's no actual, like, diagnostic testing. So tell us how that changes the way that, like, you kind of work in mental health and sort of how you kind of go through a differential and, and all that without the, without the testing that we have for a lot of other diseases. Well, when we see a new patient, they have to fill out all sorts of screening things, which helps. That way we actually have a number to put somewhere and to go off of. Like, did your MDQ get better or worse? That kind of thing. Um, so that helps a lot. Um, but really, psychiatry is just a lot of talking. I don't really ever touch people. It's just weird. <laughs> but lots of talking, lots of problem solving. And I, I definitely don't do it by myself. Our company has a therapist as well. So when medication is not the answer, they go to therapy and you talk therapy for that. Now, were you always interested in the psych field? No. That kind of happened, like, towards the end of school, which was weird. I mean, psych class was fun, but I never thought I would specialize in it. I kind of looked at a variety of specialties when I was applying for jobs, and I had a really good psych rotation, which helped, too. Really, I just wanted to do something that was outpatient. Didn't want to be anywhere in our hospital. So when I was applying for jobs, that was what I was looking for. I looked at like family medicine, orthopedics, women's health, anything that would keep me out of the hospital. <laughs> Found a couple psychiatry physicians, actually. There's actually a really huge need for us out here. But 
and everything that I interviewed for, that was what that what I wanted the best. So I just kind of went for it. <laughs> That's actually really surprising because it seems like the psych field is very saturated with nurse practitioners. Wow. Oh, yeah, that is interesting. After you've been doing exactly a year and a half, um, you know, it's kind of something you fell into. What do you think surprised you the most about working in psych? Something that you just never really thought of or something that you had a different idea of what it was going to be like? What's hard is when you don't have an answer for somebody. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like in, like, any other kind of medicine, you can have an answer. Maybe not. But for the most part, you know, oh, your blood pressure is high, you use a pill for it. But with depression or anxiety or bipolar, it's not always that way. And I'm not always the person that's giving them what they need because um, I don't do therapy and I tell them that. <laughs> that's the tricky part. Or when somebody thinks they're having XYZ symptoms, but really it's something that's more temporary, like somebody died or they're moving or something like that. That's not something that a pill is going to fix. And that's kind of, they kind of look to me for that. And I, I can't get that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's always hard to say there's no quick fix. And, yeah. you know, I know in fight too, a lot of the medications can take a while to work, like your antidepressants and stuff like that. So I guess, you know, therapy is something you use to kind of hold patients over. Do you guys do like support groups or recommend anything like that? We have groups for our substance abuse program. So that's kind of more like AANA sort of group. We have like a whole referrals department that will send people where they need to go if it's not something that we offer though. Excellent. So going way, way back, when did you decide you wanted to be a PA? Oh, um, actually kind of late, I feel like for most people, but like junior year of college, I thought I was going to be a PT. That was the only thing I ever wanted to do <laughs> from like middle school on. That's what I was going to do. Picked my major based on that. Picked my classes based on that. And then I shouted one of the hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I had the same experience. <laughs> I know. I was like, this is terrible. I like, somebody for 10 minutes and then they go to their computer and type, which I'm not bashing on PTs. They're wonderful. We need them. I just was like,
Before we finish this episode, we want to pop in and tell you about something super exciting. If you are trying to find patient care experience hours but struggling to find a position, we recommend looking into advanced e-clinical training, an entirely online, at your own pace, nationally accredited certification program that will help you land a patient care position as a patient care tech or medical assistant. Certifications always look great on your CASPA application and make you more competitive. Advanced e-clinical training allows you to obtain your PCT or MA certification around your busy schedule so you can stand out from the crowds. Check it out in the show notes for a discount code. And now back to today's episode. So which most of your PCE hours, patient care experience hours, was that mainly in, did you have other PCE hours? Sort of. I majored in athletic training, so all my hours were that pretty much. Yeah, most of it was athletic training. Uh, after undergrad, I worked in a PT clinic as an athletic trainer, so it was a little different. But yeah, it was my undergrad major, athletic training. Sure. And so if you're comfortable, what do you feel like the weakest part of your application was? I applied twice. So the first year, I think I was lacking in hours because I had never worked before. I had plenty of hours as like an athletic training student doing that, but none of it was paid. It was all sort of like required for classes and internships and that kind of thing. And the law schools didn't count that as patient care experience, so it did not have that. The second year, because I had worked for a year, that was plentiful. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. And so what is something, is there anything that you wish you had done differently, like the first time or anything that you're like, hey, I've had to go back? We hear a lot of students say, like, the first cycle I didn't apply to the right schools or I wasn't, you know, prepared with this or that. Is there anything you wish you could have done differently? Honestly, I think I was just, like, kind of too young and dumb to do it. Like, even... <laughs> PA school. It's super intense, can be really overwhelming. What tips do you have for current PA students? I think finding whatever it is that refuels you and, you know, kind of boosts your mood and your energy and devoting time to it regularly is huge because I didn't do that. I was burnt out all the time. <laughs> you can't just, you can't study constantly and expect to be okay. <laughs> Yeah, sure. um, this is coming from a mental health professional, people. <laughs> she does this for a living, so if you don't listen to us, listen to Taylor. You cannot study all the time and have no breaks and be healthy. <laughs> it's out of her mouth, so I just want to highlight that because that is so, so true. And when you're in it, you know, you feel like, I have to, I have to, I have to, but now looking back, you're like, if I had taken breaks, it would have been more efficient, right? Yeah, yeah. You almost feel guilty if you take a break. You're like, oh, uh, I'm going to miss this question because I didn't study. But you really need that time to recenter and refocus and not be a crazy study robot. 
Yeah, and we know a lot of students struggle, um, whether they had mental health problems before and they get worse, or they develop them in PA school, or they get bad enough that they need treatment in PA school, that a lot of students struggle for that because they do hold themselves to high standards, and you know, it's and usually they're worried about their patients, you know, they're worried about learning this for the future, et cetera. Um, and so I think that's really important to realize that, like, hey, you know, you need to learn for your patients, but you also need to take care of yourself. And so just be aware that these type of things do pop up um, in PA school. And as Taylor says, you need to try and be as healthy as possible by taking some time for yourself. And don't feel guilty that you're taking time for yourself because your well-being is going to eventually be your patient's well-being. You graduated, you passed your exam, you became a psych PA. Can you tell us kind of what a day-to-day -day life of uh, a psych PA is like? Like, what's kind of your typical day? What do you do if people are interested in, in becoming a psych PA? Just give us a, a glimpse into that. Sure, yeah. So I work strictly outpatient, so I can't really speak to the inpatient side of things, but we see patients really Monday through Friday because, you know, we're outpatient, but we see virtual and in-person patients thanks mm. to COVID, which is a little different because I didn't have any exposure to that in school, but yeah. I see maybe 20 or less patients a day, which is really nice because you're really, in general, not overwhelmed. Don't put a whole lot of emphasis on you know tests and measures and all that, which is also kind of nice. A little stressful sometimes, but it's really kind of an easy pace, which is nice if you're not somebody who wants to be like running around hospital floors. It's a great option. It's a lot of talking and a lot of listening and a lot of patient education because most people don't understand that when you take an antidepressant, you gotta give it six weeks and mm. maybe you know something else. It might work faster, but it's not gonna be the best option. The other thing is like knowing when it's not my job anymore and I need to pass them to somebody else, like a therapist or actually I think a hospital stay or do you some good, something like that. But really the days are pretty calm as long as your file happens, which luckily doesn't happen too often. <laughs> what are the main diagnoses that you see? I started right when they shut down around here. Ooh. So we were seeing lots of depression, lots of anxiety. As things have kind of leveled out with all of that, stuff, not that depression and anxiety aren't chronic, but like bipolar disorder comes out a lot. You'd be amazed how many people have bipolar disorder and just thought they were depressed or just thought, well, I'm just crazy and that's just how I am. Tons of PTSD. We also treat sleep disorders, so there's some insomnia thrown in here and there too. Those are kind of the main ones. Okay. I guess, what are your thoughts on like your future? Do you do you love the, the psych PA thing? Are you thinking about branching out to something else? Do you really want to stay in this specialty? <laughs> Not really. For now, I'm happy where I'm at and I love what I do. I make a difference in a different sort of way. So, and you know, my job is so... Needed. It's so needed. <laughs> So it was more of a, like a lifestyle choice for you. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And can you just expand a little bit more? I know that a lot of things did go online uh, via COVID, and I know that psych was one of the ones that was um, a little bit easier, I think, to go online than some others yeah. um, because you don't have to do invasive procedures and stuff. Um, can you talk a little bit about virtual medicine for those who might be interested in that, like uh, how that works at your office? Yeah. So really, depending on the patient, uh, everybody has the option to come in person or do virtual. We leave it up to the patients for the most part. If they choose virtual, um, 
If you don't get rid of people that just do phone consults, which is a little hard because you can't see their face or yeah. But we do phone consults, we do telemedicine, which we use Zoom for, but we use this weird website that makes it secure. Mm-hmm. And it's really just the exact same thing. You're just talking to the patient and figuring out what's going on and what you can do for them. It's, you just, they're not sitting right in front of you. Sure. I bet you are an expert at like secondary cues, like body language and like, you, you know, fidgeting. Yeah. yeah, you have to be, my goodness. <laughs> what are you most excited about for your future as a PA? In mental health, there's always like a new drug coming out, a new mm. or a new SSRI where they claim they got rid of this side effect. And so like, I always get excited when there's a new one because I'm like, okay, tell me all about it. Tell me why I need to use that. So I'm excited to see what's coming out soon. Yeah, yeah. It's they, they, someone told me once, and I've never actually looked up this, but they say about 30% of pharmacology changes every year, um, just because we get so many new drug uh, drug names, drug classes. They figure out different mechanisms of actions, and you know, and all these things. And I mean, like 30%. I mean, it's crazy. But when you think about all the old drugs that we don't use anymore, like I don't know, or like way less used, you know, or something like that. Um, it, it kind of makes sense, but it's really crazy to think that there's that much change uh, that quickly in the medical field. Yeah, yeah, and it happens fast too. And then sometimes it's not so much that it's new, but it's gone generic, so now people can actually afford it. Yes, <laughs> it's always good when things go generic. We like have a little yeah. yay, it's generic now for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so our last question is something we ask everybody, and it's who is Taylor when the white coat comes off? Oh, okay. I think I already said this. I'm like, going to be a mom, so that'll be different. If you ask me this question next year, it's probably going to look different. Definitely. Um, really, I try to prioritize uh, staying fit, keeping healthy, um, and I'm not like a marathon runner or anything, but I like to run, I like to lift, I like to do bar classes, and, you know, really just anything that keeps me moving and healthy, all about it. I'm also very involved at my church, and my husband is as well, so that takes up a good chunk of our time. I love getting enough sleep, and I preach that to my patients all the time. Yes. <laughs> now I get more sleep because when you're pregnant, you're tired all the time. I am also a fellow bar fan. Love bar. Love it. Makes my butt hurt. Yes. And your legs get all shaky. Okay, so I went to one bar class, like in like bring a friend class, and like this woman was like, "All right, let's it up and right up on this way," and I'm like, I'm like on the wrong side of the room, or I'm turned around the bar, and he's like, "Turn around," and I'm like, "She said like 15 things at once," and, then, you know, and I was like, "I don't know what to do," and she's like, "Let's turn around, look up." And you know when they come up and, like, correct your form and they'll, you know, touch you? Well, they came up. I didn't warn Beth about that. So they came up and, like, touched her butt and her hip. And Beth just, like, it was like the death stare. I had no idea. I had, and, then, and then, like, at the beginning, she's like, okay, we're going to gently move into our slip pose. And I was like, slip pose? <laughs> yeah. And everybody in the class gently moves into the slip pose. And I'm, like, two feet up in the air. Yeah, it was fun. So if anyone wants to get in touch with you to ask you more questions about your specialty, how can they find you? My Instagram is at TayThePsychPA. TayThePsychPA. That's super fun. I will put that in the show notes for all you listeners. And I just want to reiterate what Taylor has said. You know, you need to make sure you take care of yourself. You don't need to study every second of every day. And you need to get enough sleep. (laughs) Because those are things that are so important, even when 
in your either pre-K or NPA school or as a provider, because again, our health is going to translate to our patient's health. Taylor, thank you so, so, so much for everything, for coming onto our podcast, for guesting, for telling us about this super needed special field of medicine. Uh, we really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is fun. Before you leave, don't forget to jump in the show notes and download your free map to PA school. There are so many hoops to jump through and things to accomplish to even be able to apply to PA school, and it can all be very overwhelming and confusing. So we created a map to PA school checklist that will tell you exactly what you need to do and when to do it, taking you from freshman year all the way to PA school. And don't worry if you're already a few years in, you can totally catch up. The link to get your free checklist is in the show notes. So jump on in and get started. The sooner you start, the sooner you begin your dream career. We'll catch you at the next episode.